Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Faith Worship Center's weekly sermon. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by this week's message as we all live to bring more of heaven to earth. Well, Merry Christmas to all of you. This is the time of year that I wear a tie. (laughs) Maybe on Easter on occasions, but usually it's weddings, funerals, and Christmas and Easter. But this morning, I was debating wearing a tie, and I went to the closet, and I saw my shirts and my ties, and I said, Nope, I will not let Paul Gosselin outdo me this Sunday. I'm going to wear a tie. And for the first Christmas Sunday since I can remember, Paul didn't wear a tie. And I'm like, oh, man, 26, 27 years you've been here and it's broke tradition. Oh, well. He explained why. It's all good. Joyce, you totally wrecked me when I saw you. Uh, Man, oh, man, oh, man. Our hearts have just gone out to you. Um, many, many of you know, if you don't know, know uh, uh, Joyce got COVID. She came down with a stroke, and uh, the doctors gave such a low prognosis that she wasn't going to make it. And here she is, and she made it, and she's fighting, and she's coming back. And lady, we've got your back. Jeff, your amazing husband, just right there by her the whole time, and... Wow, we just love you, Joyce, and you are going to come back full swing, girl. You are. Um, this is uh, an incredible, exciting time of year. We always, I know many of you as well have a great time with your families. We always have a great time with our, our family, and we had our annual grandkids sleepover, uh, cookie-making time, and it's just a blast. Seven grandkids sleeping over at our house, making cookies, and... Wow. It's fun. It's fun. It's, it's like, we, you have to understand, when our grandkids come over to visit us, when we're by ourselves in the house and maybe one or two of them will pop in, they'll be sitting there for a while and all of a sudden, did you notice you can hear the clock on grandma and grandpa's wall? <laughs> you can't hear the clock when it's a sleepover day. No, no, no. Uh, Christmas, what's, well, I mean, really, what's it all about? And this Christmas of 2021, it's, um, it, it is to me, um, you just gotta, you just gotta enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Enjoy your family. This is what Christmas is all about. It's about Jesus who came to this earth. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna try to be brief hoping that I can accomplish that today. But this time of year has always been a special time of year for me, even as a child, going back as a child. And I think many of us have childhood memories of Christmas just being so exciting. And um, I can remember instances where our family was not that well off. My dad worked in a lumber yard driving a forklift, and my mom had to work as well. And it just... Things were really tight. We didn't understand that as kids. But there were years later as we grew up, we found out that there were many Christmases that they just didn't have the money for Christmas. And yet they always found a way to make Christmas a special holiday. And one year my dad made all of our Christmas presents out of wood. 
Um, and it was scrap wood that he found at the lumberyard. And I can remember coming in, seeing a truck, um, you know, a, a doll, doll carriage, not for me, for my sisters. Um, but I can remember coming in and being so absolutely excited. I didn't know Dad made them. I didn't know where they came from. They were painted. They looked like regular store-bought toys to me as a kid. And I was just so absolutely excited. And I think if if I'm not... Uh, I might not be correct as the timeline of this, but I think the next Christmas, I was so excited to find similar things underneath the tree. Now, how many of you remember those big movie camera lights that they used to have on the old 8mm eight, eight movie projectors? Anybody remember those, the big spotlights? They come on a whole row of them up top. And it, no sound, black and white film. You know, the camera was really noisy and all that. And they used to make us line up in the hallway every Christmas. We had a ranch house, a long hallway. And then we had a living room where the tree was set up and the presents and everything were in there. We used to have to wait before we went out into the main room every Christmas. It was like torture. And we're in the hallway waiting, and um, Dad's got the camera. He comes around the corner. He's got the camera on. Those bright lights light up the hallway, burn our eyeballs out and everything. And I can remember watching the movie, and just recently I watched it again, I think probably about five years ago. And I was so excited that I had wet my pajamas in the hallway, and it shows up on film. It really did happen. And, uh, that, but that's how excited we used to get. You know, my sisters would jump up and down in the hall. <gasps> just so exciting. And Christmas, Christmas is such a special occasion where we celebrate the greatest gift of all to humanity. It's the birth of Jesus Christ. It's the incarnation of man and God coming together in one person. And this was seen thousands and thousands of years ago in the very beginning. In Genesis chapter 3, after uh, after Adam and Eve uh, had fallen and eaten, eaten of the tree, the garden that they weren't supposed to eat of, the, Lord's, the Lord actually only cursed, uh, he only cursed a few things. He cursed the earth, he cursed the serpent, and he cursed cattle for some reason. And I don't get that one, but I like beef. <laughs> um, the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, You are cursed more than all cattle, more than every beast of the field. On your belly you should go, and you should eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He will bruise your head, and you will bruise his heel. I find this just such a powerful revelation of God predicting that the seed of the woman, Mary, the virgin, would bruise the heel of the serpent that tried to destroy everything and that God was going to have the final say in this. He was the one that was going to have the seed of the woman bruise the serpent's head. Isaiah chapter 9, 2 says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death upon them Light has shined. I picture this. 
I picture this being something that is so powerful to portray exactly what went on when Jesus showed up on the earth, that there were people walking in great darkness. The Jewish people were enslaved to a Roman government. They had been enslaved to multiple governments, Assyria and Babylon, various other governments that they, they were held captive by, Egypt in the beginning of their race. And Jesus... He is conceived by a virgin. I, I could imagine when Mary's eye, I say this, I, I can imagine that she felt something going on inside of her that she could not explain. Something was happening. It reminded me of the story of Matthew Ward's or the song of Matthew Ward. Something is happening in me. Something I've never felt before. Go, Matthew. <laughs> I, that movement of the Savior, the movement of the Messiah inside of her womb on conception, it still baffles it still baffles the mind. How could this be? And yet it was. And as I said last week, you have Mary who has the descendantry from Adam. You can trace her descendantry back from Adam. And then you have Jesus who is in the beginning, is God, was God, always will be God. And he and Mary's seed come together to create the God-man, Jesus. Isaiah 9, verse 6 goes on, says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And upon the throne of David... And over his kingdom to order and establish it with judgment and justice from the time forward, even forever. And the zeal of the Lord of the hosts will perform this. Powerful prediction, 700 and it was 760 BC that Isaiah ministered as a prophet. So some 700 years before the birth of Christ, he is predicting exactly what is going to be taking place. And he's predicting, he's, he's making this prediction based upon um, the revelation of David's, uh, the word to David that his house will reign forever. The government shall be upon his shoulder. I, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I have a feeling that it's a pretty strong impression, actually, that the Lord's government is going to be a little bit better than the government of men. <laughs> I, I would have to say there's, gonna, there's going to be more of a justice that gets served to humanity than what we've seen in past governments as well as current governments. The government will be upon his shoulder and there'll actually be no end to this government. There are many prophetic scriptures. Isaiah 66 is one uh, chapter that talks about the government of 
millennial kingdom uh, where Christ actually comes back to earth again to rule on the earth for a thousand years, a thousand year reign. I don't understand a lot of the prophecy. I thought, sat through Bible college and really I was baffled and somewhat bewildered by so many different uh, scriptures being used in the context of whatever the theory would be developed. But this thing I can rest for sure and know for sure that the Lord is going to return when it's the right time for him to do so. And that no man knows the hour or the day. I've lived through several false returns that people have predicted over the years since I was uh, raised in church my whole life. And I heard there were different crises that were taking place in the world. And it was obviously this was definitely the end time. We're all still here. I'm still here. I'm still alive. Haven't seen the end yet. And guess what? We won't see the end until it's time for the end to happen. So the predictions of it are kind of futile. But the one thing that I do know for sure, he's going to come back. He's going to set everything right. And when he sets everything right, it's going to be a wonderful governing. We're going to be related to the governor of the universe. The time for Jesus to be born Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields. I love the shepherd story. I, I just absolutely love it. They're living out in the fields. They didn't invite angels to show up to them all of a sudden. They're living out in the field, and all of a sudden, a host of angels show up to these guys. A host of angels, not just one or two angels, not little hallmark angels. Major big host of angels show up to these guys and choose them to be the messengers that a Savior has been born. I I think the reason that I love this story so much about the shepherds is that they were common, everyday people like us. They weren't royal dignitaries. They weren't people that were governing nations. They weren't uh, in politics. They were shepherds. They watched sheep. It was their job. And the angels show up. Stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, on earth peace and goodwill to men. Wow. That message, okay, I've preached a lot of Christmas messages. 33 years I've been preaching Christmas messages. I love the Christmas message. It's the same story, it's the same event. It's the same happening, and yet it lives. It's not redundant. We don't get tired of it. It doesn't get old. It doesn't, it's not like brushing your teeth every day in the morning and every night. It's not just a redundant practice. It is our bread. It is our life that Jesus lives Inside of us, he dwells in us. 
We are seated next to him in heavenly places, enthroned with him as he sits at the right hand of the Father. And these shepherds announce it. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. So it wasn't when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe laying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the same which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. When the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen and that was told to them. Wow. Everyone marveled about the message that the shepherds brought. I don't know if you guys have seen the Christmas special of Chosen yet. I don't how many of anybody watched that? Great great thing. Uh just a great portrayal of, of uh what was happening, but just like the shepherds, we have a message to give, and this is the message that Jesus Christ has come to save, to deliver, and to set free humanity from their chains. Not all humans see this. Not all people believe it. But I do. He changed my life. I feel like there was a a conception going on in me when Jesus showed up. He was conceived inside of me, and he's been growing ever since. And I think it's very important to let Jesus grow. A lot of people would like to keep Jesus as a baby in a manger. It's simpler that way for them. Um, you can't really control a baby. Babies don't need control. They just need a lot of help. But when they get older, it becomes a different story, doesn't it? The older a, a baby gets, it goes into toddler's age, and then the toddler begins to hear a lot of no, 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 no. Well, you can't do that with Jesus. You can't say no, 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 no with baby Jesus or toddler Jesus. <laughs> Definitely not an adult Jesus. He's growing inside of us still. And this is the beautiful thing. That he, he starts as a baby. He's conceived within us. And then he begins to grow and develop. And we begin to grow with him. And our relationship begins to mold into a, a more mature relationship where we trust him more and we, we understand his goodness and his faithfulness in our lives. He's always good, and he's always faithful. Jesus also, when he became an adult, he chose some men to be his followers, and some of those guys were fishermen. You know, I love to fish. I always have loved to fish. My grandpa used to take me fishing as a young kid out in the lake. We'd spend the night in the lake. I'd catch fish all night long. I could fish all night long. And one thing I know about fishermen is that they're they're always anticipating the next big catch. Um, and if you've ever seen this happen, uh, this is years ago back in the men's retreat um, on, uh, out, out by Chatham. It was out, out in that way, I think. 
And I was in a boat, and um, I got up real early in the morning. Everybody else was still asleep. I got up, left the house, and got in the boat and went fishing. And the stripers were feeding on top of the water. The bay was calm, and the stripers were just breaking water. They're just having feeding frenzies all over. You could just see swirls all over the, the bay. And I stood in that boat, and I, I drove to a swirl, and I started casting in that swirl. And every cast was a fish. And as I'm, as I'm catching fish after fish after fish, for the first time ever in my life, I got so tired of fishing that I couldn't reel any more fish in. My arms were, they couldn't move the reel. Because striper bass are good fighters, and they're pretty good size. But as I was out catching fish after fish, it wasn't long before another boat started joining my swirl. And then another boat. Because fishermen understand where the fish are is where you need to be. And if you see someone finding fish, they are your fish finder. (laughs) I think that's how the gospel is. Many of us have different receptors as believers. We, We receive knowledge in different ways. We receive experiences in different ways. Some of us feel, some of us see, some of us hear. We have these different receptors in us for a reason, and I I believe it's because the Spirit of the Lord is not in a box. He doesn't do everything the same way for everybody. And I think it's very important that if you see someone who is hearing, seeing, or feeling what God is doing, it's important if you're hungry to catch God, to get near someone who's actually having an experience with him. I've found that to be very true. I, I, like, I like being with leaders, other leaders, who are experiencing God, not just talking about God, but actually having an experience with him. I want to connect to those people because I know they know how and where the fish are. <laughs> I'm gonna, they're fish finders, but they're God finders. And it's like, well, do they really find God? I don't know. That's an interesting question. That's an interesting That's an interesting thing right there because it's like, did he find us or did we find him? I I think I think he found us first. I know he loved us first. And I think he found us first. But he doesn't mind when we say we found him. Philip and Andrew are a prime example of this because Philip and Andrew came to the their uh, brothers and they said, "Come Come and see, we have found the Messiah. And if you read the story, the Messiah found them. They weren't even looking for Jesus, but Jesus shows up and calls them, you know. And I just think that what's so, what's so great about the Lord is he doesn't rebuke them and say, hey, wait a minute, guys, I found you before you found me. But he allows them to experience who he is through their understanding. And that's what he does for us because he loves every single person in this room, young or old. He loves us the same. And this Christmas, let it be so absolutely fun. Let it be the funnest Christmas you've ever had. Make it 
something. You're going to find fun this Christmas. You're going to be a fun finder. Just enjoy it. Enjoy each other. And God bless you one and all. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. If you'd like more information about our church, visit faithworship.org.